Welcome to the Eureka Street Crypto Podcast. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting from Leander, Texas. It is 6.22 in the morning, um, July, oh, July 16th. All right, hold on. Let me change the date here. <clears throat> and... Uh, yeah, this is my morning video blog, my brain dump of all the news that I gather, my uh, sandbox for audiovisual uh, tips and techniques and things that I learn, and my message in a bottle to the crypto and Web3 community and anybody else who just wants to keep up with what I'm doing. All right, man. Um, so, so yeah, none of this is edited. It's all just raw, pretty much. Sometimes I might make some basic cuts if there's just like long pauses while I'm looking for something, but you know. Aside from that, it's pretty raw. Um, I wake up in the morning, and this is my quiet time in the house before the rest of the um, the barrel of monkeys wakes up, you know, the peanut gallery. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so the house is quiet. It's nice. I like it. And I'm getting ready to go skate, too, and I, I get the skateboarding out of the way in the early day as well. Um, so yeah, that's the dad life, man. Um, so let's look over here at CoinGecko and see what's going on. Um, all right. So Bitcoin is at $20,641.11. Ethereum at $1,199.41. Um, yeah, everything's been fairly static the past couple of weeks. I'm refreshing the page here. See if any but things change in like the last like two minutes. Um, yeah, Bitcoin's at six twenty thousand six hundred and forty four dollars and fifty six cents. Um, let's see here, you know, Tether and USDC, Binance USDC, three stable coins in the top ten. We got Dai down at twelve. Um, anything like really stand out? No, man. You know, Uniswap's up eighteen point five percent in the past seven seven days. Um, <clears throat> we have. Monero up 9.8%. So privacy, you know, Monero is like the most private token you can possibly, a uh, private uh, crypto you can have out there. It uses what's called ring signatures. And uh, Monero is good. Privacy is good, especially the more we go into this uh, digital world where everything we do is tracked and traced online. And we have IoT devices and, you know, we have... Big data, IoT, artificial intelligence, um, 5G, and blockchain, and uh, all that converging into one little singularity, and ex have, we're having a Cambrian explosion of technology coming out at us, and everything we do is is recorded. You know, this will go down on your permanent record, to quote Violent Femmes. Um, so, yeah. It will go down on your permanent record. So there has to be some ways to step outside of that economy or we'll end up like the people in Canada right now or uh, people in China under Sesame Credit. Um, so, yeah, there has to be a way to step out of that credit system, um, that economy and use another type of economy and. The decentralization of the crypto space and a lot of the developers and a lot of the people um, creating in the crypto space, that's what they're hoping for. And that's why they're into it. Not just about speculating on something like ApeCoin right here, you know, which is down 10 percent, um, but on creating um, 
another way to transact that is not supervised by some central bank digital currency, you know, and it's it's with every push of centralization comes a pull of decentralization and it, it's healthy, you know, and just like the political pendulum, you know, and you're right, left, right, left, you know, and it, it's it's just part of our uh, the natural process. Um, so, but if there is no pull from decentralization, um, that's where things get really unhealthy, and uh, you know, the society starts to get way out of whack and in a state of mass psychosis. And we haven't had a good push of decentralization in a while. Um, I'd say Bitcoin, early Bitcoin, and the cypherpunks were the last good pushes to decentralization. But there are some projects that are popping up, and uh, privacy-centered projects as well that are really. Um, doing more of that decentralization pull. So let's go over here and take a look at uh, something I found. I'm always interested in, in cool privacy projects. Um, and uh, Secret Network is one that I've covered. I've covered Monero, you know. Um, I've talked about like Tornado Cash and, <clears throat> and uh, I've talked about the Samurai Wallet on Bitcoin. And, you know, I, I talk about privacy quite a bit on this show. And tools for for getting privacy, why privacy is important, um, things like that. Um, you know, there is no totally perfect solution. Um, you know, the the pirate uh, chain. I did an entire video on that. Um, but there's 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 no perfect solution. But there's a lot of great um, uh, projects that are focused specifically on that. Uh, because it is, like I said, becoming a more and more of a, an important topic. The more we go digital, 100% digital in our everyday life, and the more cash is being phased out of our society, um, that's the whole point of Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. So you can have your $20 bill that you you know give to somebody because cash is anonymous. You know, let's let's face it. You know, you hand you know uh, some your your neighbor. Um, your neighbor has like a, a, a 10 year old girl. She's running a lemonade stand. You know, you want to be able to like give her some cash and not have to sit there and like run a credit card. You know, she's sitting there doing square payments for the little thing of lemonade. You know, it's like all that type of stuff will be eliminated <laughs> like if we go if we go zero cash. And so, yeah, we, we don't want that. And so here we go. Uh, here's a thread that I found. Today we launched Aztec Connect, the VPN for Ethereum. Huh, interesting. Because we all know, or may, maybe you don't know, but uh, Ethereum is 100% public and transparent and open, um, just like the blockchain is. You know, that's the model of the blockchain. You know, what you, what you do is fully in the light of everybody to see. Um, you know, that's kind of in a way the uh, the security of it and this is the security and the, the how open source has thrived as well you know open source software versus Microsoft trying Bill Gates trying to uh, proprietary proprietize that I guess a lot of software back in the in the 80s and 90s and a lot of people did not like Bill Gates back then that's why he got the pie in the face and everybody was just kind of like what, what, what? And a lot of people didn't know what was going on you know because they didn't really understand computer technology so really only the nerds understood what was going Going on, but there's this large open source community. That's how people did, um, you know, computer knowledge share back in the day, and that's how people are doing a lot of knowledge share currently with Web three and crypto. There's a lot of open source stuff. So when a company tries to come in and own it, 
you know, and package it up and then, you know, own that technology, it's frowned upon <laughs> to say the least. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, where was I going? Uh, today we launched Aztec Connect, the VPN for Ethereum. If you don't know what VPN is, um, you can download a VPN to your computer and um, you, know, you can ideally, you know, it, it takes your IP address and it it masks it with another IP address of somewhere else in the world of your choosing generally. And the better, there's some really terrible VPN software. Most VPN software can be cracked really easily. Uh, but, you know, that being said, you know, say for instance, you have like a geolocation type of uh, website, maybe uh, Major League Baseball, MLB, and you want to watch your home game, but they black out your location. You may be able to use a VPN to get in that and see that. Um, I mean, I've tried with VPNs. They've found a way to outsmart that. Um, but, you know, that's just an example. Or say, for instance, like Binance, you know, does KYC, which is know your customer process, and they don't allow customers from certain countries. Well, if you use a VPN, if I used a VPN to say that I was logging in from Ireland, for instance, then I might be able to, to log in and use Binance. However, whenever I do actually go through that KYC process where I have to show the picture of my driver's license and everything like that, it's going to it's gonna end up uh, blowing my cover, but then I could at least log in and use Binance. You know? So that's kind of the purpose of VPN. It allows you to mask where your location is. Um, so yeah, and to tunnel uh, through a network with some semblance of privacy. Um, there are more complex decentralized VPNs right now as well that are coming out, um, like Sentinel, and the token for that is DVPN, and it allows people to run their own VPN nodes and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So yeah, VPNs are coming in a long way. And so here we have Aztec Connect, a VPN for Ethereum. So since Ethereum is a public blockchain, this finds a way to put you into kind of a uh, disguised ecosystem um, to be able to transact on eth Ethereum without all your your movements being tracked and traced on the public blockchain. So let's just get into into it a little bit, and we'll see like how and and what the, what the significance of this is. So it says I, I used I just used it to get some uh, staked ETH on mainnet curve for a dollar fifty in fees, which is cheap, man. Uh, with complete privacy, fully private DeFi with huge cost savings. Why I think our private rollup is ridiculously bullish for Ethereum. And privacy on DeFi right now, I think, is pretty important because a lot of people, you know, are you know doing things with some you know fairly decent yields, a hell of a lot better yields than the bank will give you. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, you want to be able to do that type of stuff in private, especially with the lack of nebulous regulation around it. And so, anybody willy nilly could just make up their rules and crack down on how you decide you want to what what you want to do with your money after the fact. And they're like, "Wow, yeah, you know, we uh, we made a law about that. <laughs> now that we see you made some decent money from it, uh, oh yeah, 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 that's that's the law. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, and so they retroactively get you. But if you use like VPN while you're doing the DeFi type of stuff, and you happen to make money from it, then um, you know, there's no way that anybody would be able to like retroactively tax or, or regulate on you for that type of stuff. So anyway, the future of Ethereum is optional privacy is what this thread says. Um, yeah, so this is by Threadur, Creative Jack. Okay, he's a threader. I'll follow 
Threadur. Uh, the Threadur. Um, whole blockchains have been built for private transactions. Now you can have private transactions, DeFi, and more on Ethereum. So yeah, they've made in the past entire blockchains like Monero and the Pirate Chain, like I mentioned, and the Secret Network. So what I'm about to talk about here is Aztec Network. I'm I've already seen um, privacy on Ethereum with Secret Network, although I guess it is on the Secret Blockchain at that time. This is actually kind of using Ethereum Network. I'm having a hard time distinguishing what the difference is between Secret Network and this is, uh, although Secret Network uses trusted execution environments and this uses uh, a different technique, which we'll go into here. So anyway, Threadur, the privacy layer for Web3. All right, so what is Aztec? Um, Aztec is the privacy it's the privacy layer for web3 so yeah and here is the aztec website uh, actually that's the research page uh, which i will get into this is the aztec website welcome to the world of private DeFi. aztec network releases its next iteration of zk money demonstrating the power of aztec connect sdk to build seamless integrations with DeFi protocols like lido and element uh, so here's that yeah the privacy network for DeFi um, for web3 so Secret Network wasn't specifically built for Web3, I don't think. Um, Aztec Network is the first smart contract platform with privacy by default and secured by Ethereum. So privacy first, privacy second. Um, our unique architecture ensures that architecture transactions are always kept from prying eyes while always retaining auditability and compliance. So it does comply with, uh, I guess, a lot of current regulations. Uh, DeFi, DAOs, NFTs, the way it should be. Aztec Connect allows users to confidentially access world-class DeFi services on Ethereum with up to 100x cost savings. So they have partnered with things like, with places like Aave and ElementFi and, uh, and um, uh, who else? Some other type of, of uh, Lido as well, you know? So, all right, let's go back to this thread because uh, this thread is pretty good. So, um, so what is Aztec, the privacy layer for Web3? It allows you to obfuscate or hide transactions, DeFi, staking, yield swaps, or even and even completely set up completely fresh private wallets. Okay, so why it matters? Privacy is important. Crypto holders put themselves in real danger by revealing their net worth to the world. Yeah, you know, I when you hold your your money on the Ethereum blockchain or the Bitcoin blockchain for that matter, you know. Um, all your your account balance is out there for the world to see. So if you are a whale or if you have a large account balance or if you have an account balance on something that is not deemed an, an appropriate type of project or whatever, then uh, you might be in trouble from prying eyes, uh, from people trying wanting to hack you and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so and it's not that hard to figure out whose wallet is whose over time. And there are specific websites dedicated to that, like Chainalysis, you know. So yeah. Um, so anyway, crypto holders and then some people using Ethereum name, the ENS services, actually put their name on their Ethereum address. Like I've done on. Uh, EurekaJohn.eth on one of mine, you know, so you know, yeah, it's not that hard to figure out which wallet's mine. You can go in there and look at that balance if you want, you know. Uh, so anyway, crypto holders put themselves in real danger by revealing their net worth to the world. But that's not my only wallet. That's a, I have lots of wallets. So uh, many institutions and companies will never use crypto while accounts are 100% transparent. The whales are increasingly targeted by hackers. Yeah, so those are reasons. Like if you're a company. 
there, it would be stupid of you to put your stuff and your entire company account balances and everything like that on the Ethereum blockchain for, for everybody to see, for all your competitors to see every transaction you do and all that type of stuff. And they will figure it out. Actually, Unibright and the, the baseline protocol are, are projects that, are, that have been trying to solve that issue as well. And I, I think they've done so pretty successfully, but I haven't kept up with Unibright in a while. Anyway, uh, how it works, you send any in the future, now just now it's just Ethereum and DAI pairs, but you send any Ethereum 20 token to the Aztec Layer 1 roll-up smart contract they've named Shielding. The mints, this mints notes, like notes, IOUs, you know, like, uh, yeah. You could think of these notes like wrapping or shielding your tokens in privacy. Now, when you send a transaction through Aztec to someone, all people see is the note transacting, not, not uh, anything else. So no one except the recipient can tell how many tokens are in the notes you sent, so privacy is achieved. A great thread that goes into exactly how this notes works by uh, YTZ Benno. I'll, I'll um, link this thread. It goes pretty technical, so I'm not going to go into that here in the scope of this morning show. But uh, I'll put a link here if you want to get into the nitty-gritty of it. Um, another huge benefit is transactions on Aztec are up to 100x cheaper due to being batched. So they batch and they use roll-ups um, to to do these transactions, which means they group together a bunch of transactions. It's like, you know, you having group rates on a cruise ship, you know? So you have to wait a little longer unless you pay a premium or you get a Groupon for a transaction. But for detail users, this will be a huge, for retail users, this will be a huge bonus. And that is a huge bonus. Like doing things on type of, uh, Privacy platforms, uh, staking platforms, yield platforms, like DeFi platforms, they can get really expensive. Because the thing about Ethereum is the 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 large the more text that is in a smart contract, the more code that's in a smart contract, the more expensive that gets to run a transaction. Because that's a lot of text to put on the blockchain, and you're basically paying for blockchain real estate. And if you're just doing sending from one wallet to another, that's not a whole lot of text on that. Uh, but if you are um, doing things like staking, you know, that's that's a ton of text on a smart contract and to put on the Ethereum blockchain and you pay for it. So using Ethereum, actually recently the gas prices have been very low, but uh, you know, in the past, as we've seen, it's like sometimes the gas price is more than, it, than it's worth to take money off. So a lot of people's accounts and money that they might have on Ethereum gets stranded on Ethereum because they don't want to pay the gas price to pull it off. And so it's just like, say you have like $200 worth of stuff staked up on Ethereum, and then you have it's like two hundred and twenty dollars of gas to pull it off. Like, what's the point? And so you basically lost that money. And a lot of people, including myself, have found themselves in that type of uh, precarious situation. So yeah, and so this is one way to kind of get around that. Is if you're you know you want to use those DeFi platforms and get that yield and put your money to work, but you don't have to pay the gas. Well, you can batch process that type of stuff with a bunch of other random people. Um, by using something like a roll-up and that um, Aztec has here. So what you can do now, Aztec's in its early stages, so it's limited for safety. Um, you can shield up to 5 ETH or 10,000 die per account. Uh, once shielded, you can use your funds on ZK Money. You can send transactions, create a fresh wallet with no links to the outside world, uh, and stake in Lido Finance, Element Fi, or Ave right now um, to come to their website. Uh, to come, or Ave to come, according to their website. Okay, 
So uh, what's to come? Aztec just launched Connect, which is a software development kit and bridge builder. So it'll be multi-chain as well. It's like a VPN for Ethereum. So uh, according to that last post, it, it just happened. So it allows for any DeFi, existing DeFi app to integrate with Aztec without fragmenting liquidity onto other chains, redeploying code or a huge amount of issues. So it creates composability. And I've talked about what composability is before. It's whenever one um, developer or company or you know project creates some kind of functional um, app, you know, and then in this case, it's it's a bridge builder, right? Uh, it's, it's it's a VPN. So any other project like Ave that wants to use that VPN, all they have to do is take that code and plug it into their website. And I've I've explained um, these type of uh, things, these composability as like say some company created a stock ticker, you know. Uh, well, you know some some other website that. It doesn't really follow stocks, but thinks that it would be nice to have a stock ticker on their website. Um, they don't want to have to hire a team to create their own stock ticker. No, they can just take that code because it's open source and then plug it into their website and they have a stock ticker for their website. So yeah, you know that's kind of what composability is. So this is a VPN for ETH you know, and it, it allows any existing DeFi app to integrate with Aztec without fragmenting liquidity, redeploying code, or a huge amount of issues. So it allows these websites to put these VPNs on theirs. So it allows Aave to put this VPN functionality on its website. So anyway, um, it routes transactions through Aztec. So if you go to deposit in Lido Finance, um, it, it, it routes it through the Aztec smart contract, keeping your transaction private. So there are more protocols listed on their site with the assumption being these will be the next to integrate. So we have Compound, Uniswap, Liquidy, CalSwap, Set Protocol, uh, Instable. This is very solid, legit. <laughs> so uh, then I'd expect Trade to launch after that is what the thread is saying. This implies it'll be your favorite DEXs, i.e. those already featured on their site like Uniswap, CalSwap with private swaps. So you can swap your tokens without it being on chain. Um, so... Again, that's kind of what secret pro, the secret network does. So I would be, think it'd be interesting to do like a side by side comparison video of Aztec network and secret network. Um, anyway, so yeah, following this, um, after all this is done, all these developments, um, expect um, allowing people to vote within DAOs and communities without revealing who they voted for. So that's one thing. And when you're in a DAO and you're voting on proposals, um, what you vote for is revealed to the entire community. So it, maybe you could use this type of um, composability plugin in your DAO to be able to allow people to vote anonymously so it doesn't show whose wallet voted. Um, and then another function, possible function is anonymous identity share, sharing. So allowing you to prove you're part of a group without revealing who you are. This will usher in a new way of compliance and KYC process. That's really cool. Imagine this would be very exciting for institutional types and compliant DeFi. So it allows people to remain compliant you know, with you know, all the regulations that demands that we have KYC and AML process and all that type of stuff for exchanges because that's what they're trying to push on Uniswap and, and uh, you know, SushiSwap and a lot of these other decentralized exchanges that the point of them is they're supposed to be decentralized so if you have a KYC process on there, it inherently makes it in a way centralized and that sucks. But if you can comply with that demand of KYC, um, but still be anonymous, 
then there we go. You've gotten around it. So, you know, I think that's pretty cool. And then, uh, so what this means for you, um, if you're in it for the tech, Aztec opens the door to everyone who wants privacy. This is one of the biggest changes in crypto's history. It unifies all the potential of privacy chains with that of DeFi with more to come. If you're in it for the gains, bro, Aztec seems like an amazing project to follow. Explore the ecosystem as there's no token yet with the wink wink um so yeah a lot of these projects have started to drop tokens you know as you saw with optimism you saw with hot protocol uh zk sync if they haven't dropped their token yet they probably will very soon but anyway so let's go to the aztec uh, money website here i've been going for 24 minutes i got like six minutes left so um Here's the Aztec network, and so it's connected. One of their apps here is ZK Money, um, and this, so let's see here. Uh, let's go to ZK Money, and the privacy DeFi yield aggregate for Ethereum. Uh, ZK Money is your portal for using Ethereum DeFi services with full privacy and up to 100x cost savings shield funds to start accessing. So, yeah, this is... A lot of the um, partners here, or potential partners, or future partners, and all these, and some pretty solid partners right here. How I use ZK Money. So, Shield Fund. Oh, ah, come on. Okay. Connect your Ethereum wallet to Shield Funds to Aztec and register an account alias. Access private DeFi. Funds can be used to interact with popular DeFi protocols like Element and Lido with full privacy. Send and receive privately. Uh, funds within ZK Money can be sent. Fully privately to another Aztec alias or sent to layer one. Remember to follow privacy best practices. So if you have your money up on the ZK money platform, you can send to somebody who is also not on there that who is not on that ZK money platform. It'll just show as coming from uh, Aztec and that's it. And they won't know who, who, who it comes from, but you could send some money to somebody anonymously. Um, or you could just send it to somebody else who has their stuff shielded up on ZK Money. So let's. there's this good explainer over here. Um, let's see. And it uses kind of like a little Snoop Dogg type of <clears throat> analogy here. Um, I was going to go into Element Finance and I was going to um, shield some of my my Ethereum so you could see, but I just don't really have the time for that right now. Oh, it's in this, this, this document. How Aztec works the privacy i thought this was fascinated fascinating fully confidential ethereum transactions aztec networks privacy architecture an overview of how aztec preserves privacy aztec is a privacy first zero knowledge roll-up on ethereum that means it's it's the only layer two built from the ground up to be fully privacy preserving so this is a layer two network it's its own blockchain um, okay, so yeah, the, people ask, well, what's the difference between you know, that and any other layer two? Well, it's private. You know, so to understand the paradigm shifting nature of private transactions is why it's important to build privacy directly into a network's architecture. We have to first discuss why Ethereum is not private. So you might have heard the term public ledger, which consists of two parts, accounts and balances. The most primitive transaction on Ethereum is sending it the Ether from one account address to another. The way the network keeps track of this is by incrementing one's account balance and decre dec decrementing the other. Um, in other words, the, the ETH doesn't really move in any sense. So it's just like your bank, really. You have two accounts and you send, you know... Uh, 
$50 to one account, so your account balance decreases by $50 and somebody else's account balance increases. And that's it, they just do a little you know, math right there. And uh, everything is you know, right here, so here's how it shakes out. Snoop Dogg starts with 100 ETH and his account balance is debited 20 ETH. Cosimo, um, the other receiver, starts with zero ETH and his account is credited 20 ETH. So if he wants to send 20 ETH, that's how it happens. Snoop's ending account balances 80 ETH, Cosimo's is 20 ETH. For complete and we can see a representation of credits and debits and it just shows just a little balance sheet of ins and outs and then it, everything is visible on etherscan here so yeah uh, you might be okay uh let's see here you can see the obvious problem here. Not only can we see all the account transactions, we can see all the amounts, assets, and counterparties. That's in fact the power of block, public blockchains. Due to their public nature, they are eminently audible, auditable and verifiable. You can't lie on a blockchain. A blockchain is truth. It's a way of, of uh, creating truth, digital truth. That's that's what that's what it is. Just like cash is truth. You know, money talks, right? You know, money's truth, and and cash is truth, and so is is blockchain. It's digital truth. So, but what that means, if someone's privacy is compromised, whether intentionally or by accident, then we know their entire transaction history. Just like you could go to eurekajohn.eth and see my entire Ethereum wallet balance, you know? But that's why I have many, many wallets. So cracking the public transaction graph is big business. Uh, companies like Chainalysis and Nansen run sophisticated forensic analysis to associate various wallets, monitor activity, and make probabilistic assumptions about who owns what. And, uh, you know, ed entities like the IRS use Chainalysis, you know? So... <laughs> Imagine if every time you swiped a credit card to buy a croissant, you showed every person in the world your bank statement. That'd be pretty goofy, right? Well, that's the state of Ethereum today. Um, so the obvious answer is encrypted accounts. So, um, okay, I hear you saying this is so easy to solve. Just encrypt the account balances and owners. Duh, idiot. How could I be so stupid, right? Uh, so except let's actually walk through how encrypted accounts would work. So if you know, say, yeah, people say, yeah, you just didn't encrypt it. Yeah, sure. Recall the ledger balance from before with the encrypted accounts and transactions, it would instead look like just a bunch of question marks, you know, like, okay. So that's useful, right? So, but how would the network check the accounting, ensuring no double spend or collusive funny business? It turns out solving this is pretty effing hard. And that's what Bitcoin has been trying to solve is the double spend process. And that's why they made it all completely open and public and a public ledger, because it eliminates collusive funny business, you know, like that goes on. And a bunch of uh, boardrooms and meeting rooms and, and you know, on napkins and bars and fancy bars that I can't afford to 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 go to and stuff like that. So you know, back to our businessmen Snoop Dogg and Cosimo to help us figure it out. If they need to do a transaction, they'll have to interact since the network can't help uh, check that they did a valid transaction. So that's if it's if it's you know um, encrypted. If it did, someone somewhere would have knowledge of what went down. Instead, Snoop initiates the interaction. So if it's encrypted, Snoop would have to request Cosmo's encrypted account state. Cosmo sends the encrypted state to Snoop. Snoop decrypts Cosmo's state, confirming the pre-transaction balance. Uh, Snoop sends an encrypted payment to Cosmo. Cosmo sends his updated encryptment statement to Snoop. Uh, Snoop decrypts the, Cosmo's new state, confirming the post-transaction balance and that Cosmo actually got the money he was promised. <laughs> that's, that's a mouthful, right? 
right there. So this elaborate dance has some serious drawbacks. It's expensive, it's time consuming, and you can only do this with one person at a time. This You can only dance with one person at a time. Um, yeah, yeah, both parties, unless you're square dancing, right? But uh, anyway, but uh, both parties have to be online at the same time to facilitate. Worst of all, at the end of this dual-sided dialogue, neither party has convinced the rest of the world of anything. They've only mutually validated their one transaction. So, but hold up, what if we flip the autumn attribution structure on its head, Ethereum defaults to an account model where an account model has a balance. In other words, look up the account and you get the balance. But what if we instead structured it to say a certain amount of money described by a note has an owner, look up the note and see who it belongs to. This is how Bitcoin works, and it's called UTXO, unspent transaction outputs. And there's the UTXO model and the account-based model. Personally, I think the UTXO model is a lot better because it's more of like a cash model, right? Um, so think of UTXO as cash, banknotes. So let's uh, think for a second about why cash is inherently more secure and private or precisely more secure and private than account-based systems. Got it? It's secure because only the, two, only the two parties transacting the cash know that ownership has changed hands. Everyone else in the entire universe can, can be kept in the dark. So you can think of a cash transaction as a change in ownership of an object, where an accounting transaction is a change in the state of two accounts. Mm. So they found a way to do Ethereum and smart contracts using UTXO, which is what Bitcoin uses. So they're kind of going back to the roots, you know, uh, back to Bitcoin. I'm going back and going back to Bitcoin. Um, so anyway, when an Aztec transaction processes, rather than doing an account balance, you know, update incrementing and decrementing balances on a ledger book, um, the network simply reassigns ownership for a given note. Why is this helpful? Well, it turns out it's way easier to encrypt a note because it only needs two things written on it, how much it's worth and who it's owned by. When it changed hands, you scribble out the old owner's name and write the new owner's name. So, you know, if I had my name written on a dollar bill and I gave it to my buddy PJ, then I'll just say, oh, well, this is yours now. I'll, and I just write, that this this dollar is for PJ. And I just give it to him. And then that's PJ's dollar. And that's basically what's going on. Um, so like a UTXO, say for instance, um, an unspent transaction output model. So like I have uh, 10 Bitcoin and um, I need to give somebody five Bitcoin. I, I, I would never have do that but uh, um, so I would take that 10 Bitcoin and I would burn that note and I would get back five Bitcoin and I would give the other five Bitcoin to PJ right so yeah and that's that's how that splits out it's 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 a cash model you know so the, the system creates um, if you have like a, if you want to if you have 20 uh, Bitcoin and you want to give 17 to somebody, it burns that 20 note and it it mints, I guess, in a way, 17. So it mints a 10, a five and two one, two ones. And then it gives that to the person you want to give it to, like PJ. And then it and then it gives me three Bitcoin. So, yeah. And it has nothing to do with account balances or anything like that. So what happens in a simple note transaction? Say Snoop has 50 ETH notes, totaling 100 ETH, and Cosmo has zero notes. 
Snoop's 50 ETH notes need to be destroyed and two notes created. So an 80 ETH note that stays with Snoop and a 20 ETH note that goes on to its new owner, Cosimo. Yeah, just like I just you know demonstrated in my own words as well. But how can privacy be preserved if the value of the notes have to be revealed? Well, they don't, not publicly at least. Of course, Snoop and Cosimo know the value of their transaction, just like an exchange of cash, but they don't need have to reveal it to the world. To protect their mutual privacy, Snoop publishes the transactions with a lock that he uh, that that he knows only Cosimo can unlock with his private key. The analogy here is kind of like putting the note in a little lock box. Of course, they both know what's in the box, 20 ETH, so Snoop has to has to trust Cosimo not to shout it from the rooftop. Someone just sent me 20 ETH. Uh, but otherwise, the note has that was assigned new ownership goes back into a data structure holding all the notes that were ever created, um, a Merkle tree hash. And I'm not going to go into Merkle tree hashes here, but it's, yeah, it's a way of encrypting. Um, uh, so we know that Snoop destroyed two notes, created two notes, and then sent one of the two notes to his friend Cosimo. How can we make sure the two of them don't collude, for instance, to double spend? What if Snoop destroyed two notes worth 100 Ethereum in total and created two notes worth 200 ETH in total, or hell, an arbitrarily large amount? So recall the steps. Snoop destroys 250 notes and creates a 20 note and an 80 note. So he had 100 ETH and he created a 20 note and an ETH note. So Snoop sends the, the 20 ETH note to Cosimo. To ensure nothing hap fishy happens in step one, all Snoop needs to do is prove to the system, the Aztec system, that the two notes he intends to create are equivalent to the value to the two notes he intends to destroy. This is known as a join split transaction and it conforms to the simple equivalence A plus D, B equals C plus D. So A plus B equals C plus D, right? So here's the psycho part, buckle up. <laughs> in order to prove that the output notes C plus D are equivalent in value to the input notes A plus B or 100 ETH, Snoop generates his zero-knowledge proof locally in his browser. The magic of zero-knowledge proofs means he can prove the equivalence of A plus B equals C plus D without revealing any of their values. Um, so yeah, that's like zero-knowledge proofs are saying, hey, I have, uh, I, I have this, right? I have X. And um, the other person's like, do you really prove it to me? And, and then the, they find a way to prove that they have X without showing that they have X. You know, it's like it's like if you were to kidnap somebody, and this is like a common thing in like um, in in crime movies and everything. And they bring the ransom. You know, how do I know you have the ransom? How do I know you have the child? You know, and so and they're sitting there, and they all got have their you know big teams of bodyguards behind them, and they're looking all rough and everything. And be like, we'll do it at the same time. Pass the child, and I'll pass. They'll slide the briefcase over. Yeah, well, this is kind of a way to prove that there's money in the briefcase and that that person has the child hanging out behind the curtain around the corner, you know, so um, it's a way to do that without trusting the other person. So that's that's what zero knowledge proofs are. They're a way to prove that each party has what they say they have without the parties actually having to trust each other. So. Then Aztec validates the proofs and says, by the power of zero knowledge, this must be true, at which point the smart contract destroys the two input notes, generates two output notes, and records the two output notes as an encrypted commitment in the note registry. So yeah, it uses zero knowledge proofs to prove ownership, and then they go down here into the Merkle trees. Um, so yeah, so in order to send the notes that I've proven I own, an entirely new Merkle tree and Merkle tree root is created. Once the Merkle roots of both the note tree and nullifier tree 
have moved to new values. In other words, the state of the system has been updated. Those routes are published and settled on the Ethereum's main chain and transactions are deemed recorded. So yeah, and then it goes through and it shows examples of this in the code. So you can see it's all zeros instead of transaction addresses. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, interesting stuff, this uh, Aztec network. And um, so here is the ZK Money website. And um, I did launch the app and I was getting ready to go um, upload, but you have to log in and I guess create an account. You don't have to like give them your address or anything. So, but hold on, let's see here. I will create a new account with a MetaMask and um, it's popped up, but you can't see it on that screen because I don't have that view enabled. Um, but I'm just gonna connect my MetaMask here real quick. I'm way over time, but you know, it seems like I've been over time like the past three episodes. Uh, but hey, man, it's how it rolls. Uh, when, you, when you get excited and you have a lot of stuff, you know, so here's you know, me connecting and signing the request. Be careful what you sign. I do know this is legit. Um, so pick a memorable alias. Um, I will pick. So you have to create an alias um, for you. I'll just pick Eureka John. I know it's not like. So I'm going to register this and I will sign. Confirming account key, pick a memorable alias, I'll sign this. Okay. All right, so that, ah, geez. Hold on, I, I think last time when I was in the middle of signing it and then it canceled out, that uh, um, it kind of screwed it up because I, I closed out the website like right in the middle of all this. Um, okay. So here it is. Now it's asking me to upload a little bit of ETH. Um, yeah, sure, 0.01 ETH, I'll do that. And it takes approximately four hours. So it does take some time. And what it does, is it waits for a bunch of other people um, to do the same thing so it can batch everybody together. And that makes that's what makes it cheap, you know? It's like, you know, Groupon fees, you know? Like, you know, everybody shares the gas fees. Um, so, yeah, and I'm shielding 0 0.01 Ethereum here just to try it out. Um, so this says, this is experimental software. Use at your own risk. Learn more about our approach to security here. Um, so anyway, after you do that type of thing and you get your money up on there, you can take it over to Element Phi and you can, in an anonymous fashion, participate in these pools and these vaults and uh, do you know your typical standard DeFi activity and put your money to work for some decent yield and stuff like that on things like uh, Element Phi. So yeah, yeah, and so you can earn, you know, you can uh, contribute to liquidity pools and you know, all that other type of stuff. So anyway, I've gone way over. Um, I'm gonna go hit my skateboard and uh, you know, so try to get on about the day before it gets too hot. But uh, yeah, I uh, hope this helped. I hope it at least gave you an introduction to Aztec and uh, try to enjoy your weekend. You know, um, and uh, yeah, keep on keeping on, man. Uh, DM me, give me an upvote. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube. I'm so close to having a thousand subscribers still. Yeah. Um, but um, not quite there. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you all later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. 
I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.